Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cosine Conversations. I'm joined by my homie, Dallas Native. The leftist moved to Brooklyn, though, but he's still the OG in the city, man. My guy, Marcus Gilmore, founder of The Culture Supplier. He's an expert and strategist in branding, marketing, experiential. How you doing today, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. This is I'm super excited about this one. Yeah. Uh, a long time coming. Yes. Um, and I'm super excited to be back in Dallas and just hanging out with you, man. Nah, definitely, man. Bro, before we even get started, man, I always want to go back to like the backstory, bro. Like, do you remember how we met? All right, so here this <laughs> this is the funny part. Yeah. So we are at Chief Keith concert. Okay, Southside. Southside okay. at Chief at the Chief Keith concert. Um, and so we're just like it may have been just super early on, but like sound check or something like that. Mm. And or, or an, an early performer. And we started talking and he was like I'm about to start this magazine called Cosign Magazine. I'm yeah. Like, I bet. Like, keep me posted. Keep me in the loop. And from there, um, man, our relationship has continued to grow, man. We've done other shows. We've connected so many times. And uh, what I like about uh, Cosign Conversations that this is something we always do, you Not know. Facts. And this time, we press the red button, yeah. you know what I mean? And now <laughs> it's live, right? No, facts. Um, so, yeah, man, that's one of the, the earliest moments I remember us meeting um, funny enough, uh, Cal Banks at that time was the opener for uh, the DJ opener for um, Chief Keith and ended up, you know, holding down his set. So uh, one of that, one yeah. of those full circle moments for sure. Not early adopter. And for those who don't know about Cal Banks, man, tell us where he's at right now so they can see the growth of yeah. where we started to where he's at to where we're at. Cal Banks, um, quick story. Like Cal Banks is originally from Dallas as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the early one of the early um, innovators of the boogie movement, uh, the nation, the sound that was really prevalent in Dallas. And um, we went to college together and we were roommates and he ended up going to move to LA to follow his dream. Uh, the story is really uh, a little bit more vast than that, a little bit deeper, but uh, end up signing to TDE right. and now has album um, placements with, from Max O'Cream to Isaiah to Rashad to uh, J. Cole, to um man there's so many other people that i, I don't want to keep naming people yeah, but not fast. <laughs> uh yeah my guy he's racking them up right now so uh super proud of his growth and uh holding it down in la bringing the real vibes there no nah, definitely definitely man so founder of the culture supplier bro like you know both have media outlets man and i always respected what you what you do and yeah. uh for the culture and for the city and even though you're in you know in brooklyn now you still maintain it bro so talk to us about the early days of the culture supplier where it started, what made yeah. you want to start it, the premise behind it, you know, give us the rundown. Yeah, the culture supplier was the the space. So my my love for media started at like eight, nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked at my church and worked on the video ministry and worked also in the audio department for my church. So I like loved media, like just being out there. And uh, I ended up going to school for tele- television and radio as okay. well. And... Um, right out, right out of college, I worked for the Tom Joyner Foundation. I forgot about and that. And then uh, I worked for NBC Five at the mm-hmm. same time. And so while I was at NBC Five, I noticed how I was getting an understanding of how news was moving, right? right. And uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to create an outlet, uh, but focus on just what interests me, right? And that's mm-hmm. from the culture, from music to fashion to uh, money to things that are just empowering uh, our community from a health standpoint right and so yeah i went there i i like put this whole website together right and yourself you put it together yourself no shout out to the people that okay. help from the from the back <laughs> when i say the back end like the like wordpress was the easiest way oh, to yeah. make it happen right so shout but out I, to WordPress. <laughs> I understood how to like develop a website right but there were moments that like the website was went bigger than I had I could handle on my own. Mm. Um, I had some writers who would do features, and um, their features would like blow the website. Mm. And uh, shout out to uh, Joanne and Male. She is um, oh, yeah. she's the founder of Masky, which is a product for right. for women. So, um, but she was like one of those first people to say, "Sure, I'll help." Right. And and she wrote a story that like took the page off, and I had to go like buy more space. And so, again, the culture supplier for me was just like this place, a home for me to create content, 
but capture the people around me. Right. Um, from, you know, uh, book tours to just different moments that I need, I felt like needed a place, a digital real estate. So, gotcha. um, yeah, that's where the culture supplier is. Today has changed, right? right? It's not the same. Uh, the landscape of digital media has changed. Right. I keep it because I own it. Right. <laughs> For sure. Why, why let it go? Um, right. And it sits under 3030 Media, which is my media company and consulting. Okay. Or do a lot of consulting out of for marketing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about those early days, right? Um, a lot of people who listen to, you know, the, the podcast, they're also, you know, whether they have their own blog or their own podcast or platform, right? Let's talk about those early, those early days of finding early adopters to help write. For yeah. a media publication, for a blog, et cetera. Like, how are you approaching them? Because, you know, everybody is different. So how are you approaching writers early on in the course of the um, Man, I stood just behind it a lot, right? Like, one, my sister, mm-hmm. she does, she is like the bread and, I'm going to say bread and butter, but she is like the backbone of a lot of things that I work on gotcha. um, or, or think about. She tells me when the idea is good, when it sucks, when I need to keep pushing. Um, and so when I look at early writers, it was more centered around, all right, these people need internships. Mm. Right? So I'm two years out. I know I graduated from the University of North Texas in Denton. And um, I knew that the communication program, there were students that needed internships. Okay. So come come write for me part time. Okay. Come do come put some articles out for me. And it also was just like shaking hands, saying what's up to people. And I I found different. Um, there were people that had different interests, and I knew they wanted to write about it. Right. So, so, but in these days, I don't know what it is about you know Gen Z, but like they want their bread. They want a check, man. <laughs> they, they want, want a, a check. They want their bread, man. So how do you how do you think people should approach? You know, media these days, because when you're starting off, you may don't have a, a big budget for, yeah. you know, uh, writers, for staff. So it's like, yeah. man. I think it's the way I would approach it is like it's a couple steps. But I say it's one, figuring out a way to um, create some content calendar and figure out what's going to make what's going to be the most viral content that is going to get the page paid. Like, mm. how can we get a check? All right. Or sponsorship our our favorite word right (laughs) yes team sponsorship (laughs) team sponsorship (laughs) team sponsorship but like i think it's it's those kind of things like Mm. finding the the smaller brands the water companies the um the software companies that are in need of link placements Mm -hmm. and then reaching out to them and saying hey we can get you into this this blog this is how much you pay 50 Mm -hmm. 60 100 dollars per uh placement and then that's what you pay your writers you make the article about something that's going to be interesting to the audience that's reading, right. but link insertions, like you have to find finesse ways to, to get that there. That nah. was free. Nah, that's free game right there. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, so, you know, we're big on sponsorships, man. And, you yeah. know, I teach. Don't work. you got a course? Yeah. you know, My boy a, got a course. Hold on. I got a course, yeah. guy, workshop, whatever, yeah. you, whatever you want to do. We got you, man. But I always like to tap in with people in the <clears> space <throat> as well, man. Yeah. Um, so give give somebody some gems, right? They they've never hosted an event before, right? And never they want to. They have they a community. They yeah. have a community though. Yeah. But they okay. never hosted an event before, and they want to approach sponsorships, right? So, you know, creating a deck. You know, you can find that information online. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's easy, easy stuff, right? That's the easy part. But it's like those contacts and being able to even get a meeting to discuss. You right. know what I'm saying? What advice would you give to that person? Um, so one. First off, the deck that you create for a sponsorship, from a sponsorship uh, standpoint needs to tell the who, what, when, and how much, mm-hmm. right? It needs to have a compelling story, imagery, fonts. Like, it needs to really draw the person that you're approach- approaching. Keep it short, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, seven slides, seven pages, max. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also about, like, thinking what sponsor is will fit authentically mm. with the audience that is going to attend your event. Gotcha. I'm not going to bring in a brand that doesn't make sense or won't approach or wouldn't even be part of the target audience. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what the brand would say. Like, that's not my target right. audience. So why would I pay or monitor to give um, food or waters or anything like that? So I think those are kind of like the key things to understand. Like what's the, 
who do I want to attend, mm-hmm. and what do they already consume, and that's the brands that I go after. Gotcha. And then when you look at that sector, right, like just like when you walk in a grocery store or you look at an aisle of chips, it's always Lay's are just taking up four, right? boom, boom, boom. But then there's two brands at the bottom that nobody knows. Mm-hmm. That's the brand I'm going after. Mm. I want you, I, I guarantee you, you want my audience, I want your cash, mm-hmm. or I want your chips mm-hmm. because I already paid, I, you know, I bought sandwiches from somewhere, so now I have chips. Like, and also when you think about events, there are three to four things that you need to cover from a sponsorship standpoint. And that's one, the food and water, or right. whatever, food and drinks, let's leave it at that, uh, food and bev. Um, some kind of stage set up. So even if that's just like the chairs or anything, mm-hmm. figure out a way to sponsor the, the setting where people are going to sit right. in your photo booth. Mm. Yeah, you can do those in kind. You get those? Yeah. Everything else, if, if you, and, um, and this is like your, uh, your, not second job, or you have a nine to five, the other things you can kind of finance on your own. But those three things are really huge. Right. And they're big budget line items. Nah, for sure. That's yeah. that's important. And I think a lot of people fail to do the research and actually figure out a brand's initiatives yep. and target audience, yep. right? Yep. They think just because Lay's, while we're going to Lay's, yeah. it's a huge brand. Right. I was like, okay, well, Lay's want to be my event. But yeah. why? But why? Right? <laughs> you know? Like, for me, like, shout out to Master P, but rap snacks. Mm-hmm. You, me, if I had to do an event, I'm at the doorstep of rap, rap snacks, like, yo, mm-hmm. this is the, I have this audience, let's tap in, I know, I go to the store, I go to 7-Eleven, I see um, the different, um, your chips there on the end cap, so that mm-hmm. means you really, you know your placement, so let's put it in the community, and mm-hmm. that, that's the storytelling part, like, I didn't even approach about a dollar sign or anything, I just right. said, I want to put it in the, the hands of the community, your target audience, they're mm-hmm. coming to my event, your chips need to be there and uh, represent that. That's amazing. And right now, bro, you're on both aspects of it because you've, you've done your own events, host your own events, yep. so you've seeked sponsorships. And now with your new role, I feel like you're in charge of, like, delegating those, right? Yep. So can yep. I tell us your new role and what you do? Yeah, so now I, um, I'm at an agency, another ad agency, focusing more on the brand, uh, the brand side. So I manage a brand now, and there are sponsorships in sports, music, and fashion. Um, and so a day to day for me is like being able to, um, understand what the KPIs for the brand is for the year and whatever they're working on and look for culture, big culture moments and peak moments where they, they should insert their brand naturally. Uh, I recently just did the McDonald's all American game in Chicago. And, um, that was like a big learning moment for me, right? Like, although it was cool, it's really, it's one of those, um, unforgettable hoop culture moments. Right. Every top player has been at the McDonald's All-American game. So it was like this moment that I prayed for, like right. literally prayed to work on this game. And I had that opportunity. But when I was there, it's like, how do I make sure my client is fits in with one, hoop culture, and two, the audience that shows up, which is families and also these kids that um, they always consume basketball all, all day. So – that was one of those moments where I had to understand the target audience, mm. but make sure it's authentic. Like I don't want, I never want my client to feel like, why are we here? Gotcha. And so uh, that's my job every single day. Right. And then internally just keep, keep the ball rolling and make sure we do what we're supposed to. What do you think is one of like the biggest KPIs brands look for? Um, uh, outside of just brand awareness and engagement, mm-hmm. I think, the second thing, um, without giving away too much, is just uh, adapting to whatever their, I'll say this, it's adapting to their digital space. Okay. So if that's followers, if that is like hitting a certain link on a website, if that's downloading the app, integra- some kind of integration digitally with the phone because we have that in our pocket all day. The brand wants wants to be in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So how do they physically be in your pocket all the time? And so I think that's one of the biggest KPIs is outside of brand awareness and being seen, it's digitally how can we capture you. Got you. Yep. So like the black media landscape is is really changing. <clears throat> yep. um, 
I've seen some, you know, articles are saying like brands are dedicating a lot of advertising dollars yep. to black media. Why do you feel like that's happening now and the importance of it? And how does a black media company take advantage of that opportunity? I mean, that's a great question. So I think that for what's happening right now and why companies are spending money with black owned media, um, it's just because the black owned media has a lens on what and looks generally, it views its audience, let me clear this up, its audience is what the world looks like. Mm. Black owned media, that the audience that looks at black owned uh, at media spaces like that, that's what the world looks like. We're in the third generation, people who have moved here, they've been in America for three generations, right. I would say, right? Like we're probably around that second. And so like this Gen Z and Gen Alpha, like they're the third and fourth generation. Um, they adapt where they come from, right? Like their natural home, but then they have the American too, American side but that's black culture right so now they just merge it all together and they get a taste of all of it so I think brands realize that and they want to be there right and so that's why they spend dollars there so how do media companies take advantage of the opportunity because you know if you look from top down you you'll see let's go over it well essence essence, essence is number one black enterprise shade room shade room uh revolt, revolt. tv um, Blavity, mm-hmm. mm, the root. Then you got like the small, like the root, Grio, right. stuff like that. Right, right, right. Um, BT, BT is your your is the grandfather of it all. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is, especially as you're growing your brand um, and your media company, and this is something that I do as well, but just from a different lens. I just have to know my numbers. I have mm-hmm. to know who's looking at my website, who's looking at my Instagram. Every month, if I'm a media platform or I have my, you know, you run a lot of content through your Instagram, I'm looking at my stats. Mm -hmm. Where is the audience coming from? Where do I want to go? Did I have enough content that really captured the, the age that I wanted or the gender that I wanted? How do I make sure that my content shifts that way? Right. If I look at my calendar and out of 30 days, I only did to women's sports content, I can't be mad that my percentage of men and women is, Mm. or whoever identifies that way, like is skewed. Right. Look at the, look at your, the numbers don't lie. Right. They are factual. Like it's their hard cost or their hard number. Like it's obvious. And so, um, that's what I would do is like learn your numbers and then take a 30,000 foot view of it and say, okay, how do we shift to make sure that I get into the circles that I mm-hmm. want to get into right. the space I want to get into. But this is, this is a million dollar question in 2022, 2023, our website still relevant though. Like, are like it's you the, personally, are you personally <laughs> going to revolttv.com? No, I'm on their essence.com. I'm on the app okay. or I'm on essence Instagram page. Mm-hmm. I think that the website still holds as digital real estate, right? It will just, it's not the number one traffic driver every, I don't think that it's the number one traffic driver every single day, but if you need to release something, it still sits at the home. Right. I think people still get revved up about being featured on websites sure. and having content displayed there. Um, so yeah, it's still relevant. It's still, it's, you still need a strategy, mm-hmm. but it doesn't require as much constant updating as your IG page. Right. Gary V said, you got to drop four TikToks a week. Mm. A week? A week? <laughs> Gary, I can't do it. Like, yeah, nah, you know. facts, bro. I'm getting So it's just like that. You change your strategy, right? Like, mm-hmm. so the phone. And here's another thing. How do you take your website content and then start merging it into the platforms that send out alerts? Mm. What do you do? To, and this is something that I'm trying to figure out. Like, how do I get my news alerts into Apple News? How do I push myself into a space where now... I show up in the notification with these platforms. How do you become reputable in that space? Because mm. people get Apple News um, notifications. They're getting, like, those kind of things. And they may read an article for two seconds. Right. But 
if it's on your Instagram page, you tell them link in the bio, then they go to the page, and then right. right. you miss four steps. steps. Yeah, it's a lot like, of steps in between. Yeah, where if I'm on Apple News or if I figured out a way to be inserted into these um, alert programs, mm-hmm. now I'm right there in the phone. Right. Boom. People rarely turn their news notifications off. Mm. Right. And so how do you get picked up by CNN all the time from a culture standpoint? Mm. What questions are you asking? Who are you talking to to get in the into the culture column or sports column? You already know who the big dogs are. But like, how do you create content that makes them want to pick you up? Right. right? And so that's that's the new strategy. That's how Mm. you change it. It's like, again, the computer's in my hand. Right. The website's right there in my hand at all times. So. Nah, gotcha. And, and how far out are you strategizing, right? So, like, this is Q2. Yeah. Like, where where are you at right now mentally? Like, you are, are you in Q4? Are you already in 2023? And where should people be at at this time? Man, so I think that if you look at it two ways, um, I don't skip over these months. Mm-hmm. Like, I still know that there are certain things I have to constantly do from May until June. And that's the 9 to 5 corporate as well as what I do for 3030 media and right. it's doing both. I have to do both. Right. right. Um, but also it's like, I got a question this morning. It's like, what do you want to do long term? And when I responded, I broke it up into four sections. I did three to five years, five to eight, 10 to 15. Mm-hmm. And it may like, when I do it like that, that's how I think because I can't imagine myself 10 years from now and what I'm doing. Like I really can't see it. So it's like, what does that look like? <laughs> what does that look like? Okay, cheese. Oh, <laughs> That's what we're here for. What does that look like? Um, that includes a couple things. One, uh, from a family standpoint, okay. just hopefully mm-hmm. have started a family by then mm-hmm. um, and have a family. Uh, but I think also being um, teaching a couple college courses mm-hmm. um, and Profes- also. Professor um, Marcus. Huh? Professor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in my master's program right now, man, doing my thing. So um, it's. It's just, that's part of it, right? Like mm-hmm. to be, to do that, to teach courses, like, and I'm saying at this um, secondary, whatever you call it, um, education level, like from a college standpoint, like I got to push myself outside in the, in the wee hours when nobody's paying attention, like, mm-hmm. yo, I'm, I'm, I'm like, boom, boom, I'm working. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but also it's, um, Supporting athletes and uh, influencers off the court or off camera. How do I help them secure certain sponsorships, put them in spaces where um, they grow their social currency, grow their brand outside of what they do day to day, what people pay to see them do mm. and pay them to see different things. Um, and we'll take your basketball player of today. They don't do one thing. LeBron said it best that shut up and dribble is not real to uh, us anymore not facts your player your nba player your typical nba player today can do maybe five things right and still put up 25 and 10 right and so how do you as someone who works in the space now from a sponsorship standpoint how do i take that information and go support the athletes that Mm -hmm. look like me talk like me uh the ones that even that don't like i know the space and i understand it Let's make it relevant. And um, so that's what I'll be doing in 10 years. We'll go back and watch this. Nah, facts. (laughs) And I think one thing, uh, a lot of brands, when you talk about the space, a lot of brands and, you know, uh, influencers, athletes are doing are creating these experiences. Yeah. Right. Why do you feel like people are investing in experiences so much right now? Man. Um, Listen, I'm experiential to to my core. Mm -hmm. Uh, I produce many activations for um, Verizon and Walmart and these other bigger, uh, those are big, so no, like, not bigger than that, but huge, huge, <laughs> right? Experiences allow you to see, touch, feel, understand the brand in real life mm-hmm. today. We're going into the space where, you know, it's, and we've already been there because of the pandemic, but it's being able to be across digitally and physically, right? right? So you're in the meta, but you're also maybe um, in person or there's a virtual concert, but you receive um, some kind of like box to your house that right. kind of engages you in a certain type of way. That, that's where we are today, right? Like people want to touch the brand, 
They want to see it. They want to understand the meaning behind it. And that's what brings them into the experience. And then you look at your, your basketball players, Art Basel this year. Like these, the basketball players went into Art Basel and then developed their own space. Even though they curated in a certain type of way, from art to um, music showcases, that's what they want to do. Right. And that gets them to touch the people in a way that's like, yeah, I did pull up from half court, but like, yo, this is what I like to do as well. And now that draws people into them. So that's what experiences really centers around. No, that's amazing, bro. That's what I like. And I go to, um, well, I haven't been to ComplexCon yet, but when I see it, I see so many brands are integrated into, you know, uh, a weekend, you know, yeah. a weekend event yeah. lineup. And it's, man, it's something that, you know, I strive to do for Cosign. Right. You know, still trying to figure out what that looks like for our uniqueness. Mm-hmm. But what I love about, you know, companies like, you know, uh, Complex to host events like these is that, man, it, it's... It's kind of it's so broad because it targets so many different industries, bro. Yep. But it's like, but it also aligns, and it kind of brings me to the point of, you know, co- uh, not even just media companies, but you know, people creating companies, and they're not really niched down, right? Yeah. Can you speak on like the benefits of being niche and not versus not being niche? You know what I'm saying? Or yeah, or basically both sides because you know at Coastline we focus on entrepreneur, entrepreneurship and creators, right? But in so many different aspects, it's so many different aspects. I think like the. Having a niche allows you to be, you know, super hyper focused Mm -hmm. and allows you to be that thought leader in that space. Right. But then also not being niche allows you to be nimble and allows you to move. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I look at some of the consulting I do or the projects that I jump on and and work with. I'll go from working with uh, an artist like uh, one of the artists I work with is Jersey Sun. And so I'll just work on really creative direction and what his um, what his marketing looks like, how we put out content. And then I'll flip over and work on, um, I'll take an influencer and just be like, all right, we're going to shoot these type of reels. And so mm-hmm. like, it's the same thing, but like, the output is different. One person is music and they have to have a certain image. The influencer has to, they already have an image and we're continuing to feed into that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or then I may take a podcast and help them out, but it's more like developing show um, cadence and how to make their show really feel robust, but also, you know, gives people the feeling that they understand what's going on. Right. Um, I had the pleasure of, again, I said it earlier, but like, I worked under Tom Joyner, like the legend Tom yeah. Joyner. Like Major. that's not, that's Major. not like pulling up in the whip. Like you never really get to see that until you have to be around certain things to see that black excellence. Mm-hmm. And he did pull up in the Rolls Rolls mm-hmm. Royce. You know what I mean? Like we're pulling to up to work to work in a in a double R and. He gets on camera and or he gets on radio and he just turns on. Right. And so I, I watched him develop a sh- his show and then I went on the cruise so I can see what it takes for someone to like develop content and, and pieces and then put it out. Mm-hmm. So I just take that same mindset and then I knit, I'm niched down, but I'm nimble. Like I can work on multiple things, different type of avenues, but it's all aligned with the same thing, a certain type of marketing, a certain type of piece of of work that I focus on mm. nah, that makes that makes sense that makes sense i remember when i first started i was all over the place yeah and i really kind of narrowed down but I'm essentially i'm still able to you know to be nimble and you know move around in different circles different aspects so you know i feel like a lot of our audience tries to figure that out so i feel like that's definitely a gym you know a gym for them um but you talked about podcasts man and yeah. you know podcasts is a growing market um huge it's a i want to say in 2021 it was a 14 billion dollar market and the stat that i read was um black black listeners that listen to podcasts have a 73 percent recall on advertisements mm. so that means 73 percent of, of people of black people who listen to advertisements actually end up buying the product or service facts that's crazy facts like the black audience, our dollar, like we really, we talked earlier about the culture, like we really have a strong buying power. We do. So it's like, it's important for, you know, uh, brands and companies, you know, to, to target us. But on the flip side, how do we know that information? How do we as black creators, uh, podcasts, how do we take advantage of it and not just be 
somebody making money for somebody else. Listen, first off, okay, so the, your, the fact, again, because you, you dropped numbers, mm-hmm. right? You gave us numbers on um, how the black dollar, or not even the black dollar, what is being spent mm-hmm. on podcasts. When I hear that, f- first off, if I have a podcast show, the first opening sponsor is me. Mm. It, it ain't nobody else. This ain't brought to you by. Shout out to everybody who does that, but it's brought to, it's brought to you by me or this brand or um, whatever your cosign awards. We're mm. giving it out ten percent. Mm. He's not doing any okay discount, but uh, <laughs> but you know, like breaking it down that kind of way, mm-hmm. and so the dollar stays in within. Mm. It's gonna go out, right? Like it's just it is like we. That's just where we are. Right. So the other segments can be sponsored, but like those sponsorships that you have in between your show, make sure you get in a cut. Mm-hmm. Make yeah. sure your number feels the, what your cost is for your sponsorship. Make sure you get a cut. Mm-hmm. I don't like, yes, it goes back into the business, but make sure that it goes back into the business. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like I see you're me. working too hard to be like, Oh, I'm not taking zero off the top. You can take two dollars off. Nah, of for sure. Two thousand, like yeah. <laughs> and that goes back to like people need to understand too the importance of of selling something, right? Mm-hmm. Even though you're you have a podcast and you're like, man, you know, I just want listeners, want an audience. Yeah. But what what can you provide to the audience with some type of digital product, digital physical product, something? You know, man. I hate it. I'm forgetting his show right now. Sorry, it's going to come to you. Yeah, it's um, it's Donnie Wiggins and... Oh, uh, Sleepers uh, for Suckers. Yeah, what is it called? Uh, Sleepers for Suckers. Sleepers for Suckers. Social Proof Podcast. Social Proof Podcast. Yeah. He will pull up on this show and like every... I love his show, bro. Ad... Oh, love listen, it. I've only met him once, but like it was like that moment. I was like, all right. And this is early on. Mm-hmm. I could see where he is today. I'm like, that made sense. Exactly. I met um, him early on too, bro. And I'm like, man, this dude, he has something. Him and uh, 19 Keys. Mm. I met both of them like at this event. And I was like, all right. I, I didn't understand it at that moment. But yeah. then now it's like, I got it. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, David Shands though. Yeah, David Shands. Mm-hmm. And, but his episodes, as mm-hmm. soon as the door opens, as soon as the camera comes on, it is like, Oh, join our morning meetup for a dollar. Boom, boom, boom. You stay for a dollar, then like I ain't in that moment you are like, oh, okay, I'll join for a dollar. And now he's got you looped in. Mm-hmm. But then when you get in there, you're like, dang, I might as well pay for the value of the community, what, the access to the community. Mm-hmm. All right. And you're about to do the same thing because you're you you're opening up the community, the coastline community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, now, nah, of course. <laughs> yeah, you know how it goes. Yeah, yeah. So it's People want to be around who they who empowers them, so that's why kudos to you on doing that. But going back to the ads, like I'm jumping the ad off with my stuff, mm. point blank, nobody else. Mm. But then I'll bring in the other things. But like that's another thing. Like if I'm a brand, if I'm a black owned brand, and I know I need that audience, I'm going after my podcast that I listen to, or that I feel like my audience listens to, and I'm gonna go. Buy a spot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy five spots. That's going to be my next question, right? Yeah. So, you know, we're in marketing advertising, bro. Like, it takes multiple touch points yeah. to turn yeah, a yeah. customer, right? Yeah. Like, you can't really do one-off things. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you are doing advertising or sponsorships, you're like, man, I need to be a part of that. Well, like, how many episodes, like, how many touch points should people really be? I, yeah, great question. Again, like, if I, depending on the cost of the, the, the right. show, right, but hypothetically, you need to be in, if there's a, a show, like there's one um, podcast called Black Tech Green Money. Mm. And hypothetically, if I was going after that show, I probably would sponsor five episodes. Okay. In the middle, first 10 minutes, whatever. Like mm-hmm. they do, he's going to do his open. I'm the, the, the second one. Right. I do that five times. Mm-hmm. Then don't let it be a visual too. Yeah. I need the lower thirds. yeah. And so now I've done that five times. The video is just going to keep playing because tons of people is going to watch it. So I, I bought that space, mm-hmm. right? Then you take the same ad, whatever is in the podcast and whatever is on the YouTube, that's my Instagram ad. So I create that same um, 
language, whatever you're saying on the podcast and that's on your YouTube, and make that my Instagram mm. ad, and I'm going to run that ad for seven days. Mm. Especially if it's a digital product or whatever it may be, like you, you move it in seven days, seven to ten days. Mm. Um, yeah. No, nah, that's, that's, that's a gem right there. Yeah, like, that's a gem right there, man. And that seven, like your, your Instagram or Facebook ads, you run that, and then if you understand YouTube ads, which is very difficult for some right. people, it's okay, but then you figure out a way to sponsor the front of mm. a couple videos for two days. And so, mm. like, now you've ear, visual, mm. Instagram scrolling, you've done three touch points, four touch points of the same thing that's pushing your um, community membership, right? To gotcha. Join. Yep. That's crazy you said that, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm guilty. I haven't really done much uh Facebook ads, YouTube yeah. ads, anything like everything's been organic. But it's like, bro, to really to open, hit? yeah, open these doors up, bro. You you, you got it's to. too noisy. Yeah, way too. And the although the algorithm has changed, you got to spend yeah. on ads that way, right? You have to and be strategic about it. That's why I said seven to ten days. Like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not buying a thirty day ad anymore. Right. I won't. Some people, that's their viewpoint. Like, mm-hmm. but. Me, I'm seven days. Okay. Because the chrono- uh, the way the algorithm is set up, you now it's back to chronological. Mm. But also, like, if it's a real, like, I'm pushing, I'm a, I may try, I may try to take an ad of whatever I'm working on and turn it into a real mm-hmm. and see if that works. Like, mm. make it popular, make it look popular. Don't spend money on it because you can't with reels. Right. And then just put it up and see what happens. And that's really an ad, right? Like, so it's different. Sometimes you don't have to spend the dollar. You just create your mm-hmm. piece of content in that viewpoint. Yeah. But then where you, where the ads really come into is the point to where it's like opening the floodgates. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It fun the funnel. Yeah. Like, yeah. You got to loop people in somehow. Got to loop people in bro. And yep. you know, uh, and it's just crazy, bro, because they want you to spend to really tap into your audience. They yep. want you to spend money. So it's like, man, if you got 30,000 followers, you're not going to see – all 30,000 is going to see your stuff, bro. Nope. So you're going to have to pay to – You got to pay, pay to play. The paywall it exists. Mm-hmm. And you got to make a choice, too. Like, go all in – not go all in, but, like, mm-hmm. diversify and say, you know what? Once, twice a month, I got to – out of the four or five weeks that are in a month – one week needs to be a sponsored week. Mm. It's only twelve weeks in That's a smart. year. Smart. At least, at least start off there. At what least I, what I've seen people fail at, and you know, so I'll, I'll say this: even though I say I haven't done ads on like uh, a Facebook or YouTube, it's mainly as of late. Like I've done Facebook ads yeah, for yeah, like yeah. events and stuff like that. But what I will say is, people start businesses with no advertising or marketing budget. You're already starting to fail. <laughs> you get- and, but there are things you can do for free, mm-hmm. and, but the other pieces, you need some cash behind it. You have to. Like, yeah. If you really think about it, right, names for successful businesses, Amazon, Amazon Coca-Cola, Apple, yep. Nike, Nike, they still Adidas. advertise and market. They still do it. Yep. You can say, oh, they're billion-dollar companies, blah, blah, blah. They still have to be on top of mind. They create, they, they top of mind. Mm-hmm. I need to be first. Right. Yeah, like, oh, I need to order something? Amazon. Mm-hmm. Because they said that I, get, I got Prime. I might as well because I have Prime. Like, this, all these personas that happen in the behind the scenes, we actually go through those. Like, there is someone that says, oh, I want to order something today. All right. How do, I, how do we make Amazon the top priority when somebody thinks they need to order something? Mm-hmm. Um, so ad buying is there. It's, it's a must. Um, sure. When I created National Goal Writing Day uh, back in 2016, 2017, uh, focused on just, like, pushing people to focus on their goals, the first year, no ads. Mm-hmm. Like, eh, just doing it. Like, it was an idea. I created a national holiday. I was caught up in the, the first part, which is national. Right, right. Skip that. Like, now how do I have impact? All right, so now I have to go do media buys. Uh, find a way to get interviews on these different local channels and push myself to get paid media as well as opportunistic moments. And, but it costs. Mm. Even though the campaign is a free campaign just to push people to get gold, to work on their goals, it costs. Right. 
And then now where I like ran into the wall, it's like, what's the product? Yeah. I gotta sell y'all something. I need, right. you to, I need yeah. to sell something. Yeah. But it was like, I didn't want to do a, um, a goal binder or a journal or something. Journal. Yeah. Salute to those who do. Yeah. But that wasn't what I envisioned as a creative. Like, that's mm-hmm. my brain does, I can do both sides. Right. Um, and so it's like, how do you create, create something that people will pay for, but the dollar that they spend is worth it? And um, that's what I look at, like National Gold Writing Day and mm-hmm. the culture supplier, like creating things that people say, okay, I'll spend the dollar there. Yeah. That's all I want. Give me one. It's millions of them out there. It's millions out there. I just need a, a small percentage of your pie. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to have multiple pies. No, nah, no. Nah, that, that's, that's, that's actually pretty accurate, bro. And um, I feel like people need to approach everything they do strategically. You yeah. know, like we, we really, I know people say, like Steve Harvey would say all the time, you got to fly. You got to fly. Yeah. yeah. At least be strategic about flying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're going to take a parachute with you. <laughs> time to jump. Like, you, you know, know what I'm saying? Like, is, it, is it cold outside? Yeah. yeah. Like, well, it's, I listen to a lot of Steve Harvey. He has um, a daily motivation mm-hmm. podcast that I listen to each day. And his mind is, you got to go. But he's very strategic about everything he says. Right. It is not like a whim kind of thing. Right. He's thinking through it. Why he has, every time he comes on, he's like, mm-hmm. hey, it's Steve Harvey. I got a radio show. Mm-hmm. But you like, bro, it's easy for you to get a radio show. But in the, in the grand scheme of things, it really wasn't. So he's like constantly reminding you, like, this was not easy to get here. Mm-hmm. Plus, I have the talk show. And everything else Steve has done, um, which you just have to be strategic in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. I think the daunting thing that we, and you have to give yourself grace on this, is that we think, oh, man, I got to get ready for 10 years from now. But like I said earlier, I'm, I don't skip over May through June. Right. That's I cannot right. skip over it right now. Mm-hmm. If I do, I'll lose my footing. Right. And then I won't be ready for 2023 when it comes because it's coming fast, but like. Super fast. The vision that I have more for myself, I can't mm-hmm. skip these next three months. Nah. It'll be the next all the way to December. Nah, that yeah. makes that makes sense, man. Um, t- two things. I know we, I know we're on time. Two things before we get out of here, right? Yeah. One, you know, having a company, doing marketing, everything is creative. Like we love to be creative, right? Yeah. But we talked about sponsorships, advertising, and marketing, bro. Like that's all pitching. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So first question is, how often should you be pitching your brand? And the second one is uh, give people three to four tangible marketing uh, things they need to do, like a checklist of three marketing things they need to do, whether it's weekly, monthly, or daily. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I'll take the first question. Okay. Um, wait, what was the first question? Pitching. How pitching. often should oh, you okay. be pitching? Um, so in regards to pitching, you should be pitching, I'll say this, and, and I'm going to break it down, but you should be pitching every single day. Mm. When I say every single day, the Issa Rae moment in the mirror, where mm. you should be, like, talking about it and saying it, and mm. if you walked up on this person, what would you say? Mm. So that's me. I pitch to nobody every single day. I tell my story. Before I walked even in here and yesterday, I'm like, how do I kick off my story with KG? Right? Mm. I'm pitching myself, mm. Right. Or the ideas that I'm about to present to my client, like, as I walk to the get coffee in the morning, I'm practicing, how do I tell a story? Like, yo, you know, music is this, culture is this, basketball is this, we need to be at the center. Da, da. Like, I practice this routinely all the time. Mm-hmm. So that moment, that's where I'm at, like, one, you should be practicing every single day to have your story down. Uh, but when you look at brands, your list of 10 that you say, all right, I'm going to introduce myself on LinkedIn or pull up to whatever they're having that's sponsored by this brand. Over the next 10 months, you need to take those 10 names and apply it. Mm-hmm. Everybody, every, you may not cross everybody's name off the list. Again, give yourself grace because when you took this first step, which is writing the list down, right. and you found a way to activate on it. So when you pick those brands, Prepare yourself to say, all right, I need to go to Atlanta, and I know that they're going to have these three things. No matter what, 
I need to shake the hand and say what's up and be ready to drop 30 seconds on my brand. Mm. It's, again, going back to what we just said, like, it's from a strategy standpoint. Like, if you want to pitch your brand throughout the year, cool. But it's not like it's, it's a marksmith. Like, mm-hmm. you are sitting, you are dialed in, you're like, there it is. Mm-hmm. And you, you pull the trigger. These are three things that I'm, I would suggest. Okay. One, if, if I'm on a festival or uh, opening up, I need to book two dancers. Mm. Do not go out there by yourself. I l- it's cool. And when I say dancers, they're not out there the entire time. Right. They just come out and choreograph with whatever the, the bro, Pop Smoke come on. Mm. You need them yeah, getting sturdy. Yeah. With, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You've got to yeah. have that moment mm-hmm. to interact with the crowd. Mm-hmm. My second thing would be like, I'm going to take my brand as if I'm DJ MG or DJ I Kick Moons, mm. right? That's my old moniker. So it's like <laughs> DJ I Kick Moons. I'm going to go print I Kick Moons t-shirts. Mm-hmm. And when I get to, when I get on stage, who want a t-shirt? I'm sending out six t-shirts with the dancers. Mm-hmm. My next moment is I'm coming from behind the table and now I'm camera followers. Hey, whoever follow me in the next boom, 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 I see your follow. Meet me backstage or meet me on the side. I got. Mm-hmm. So now you've grown your followers. You create an Instagrammable moment. So your social currency has gone up and um, you gave out merch. Mm-hmm. So now your brand is seated in that city. Mm-hmm. Don't let it be. A, if you're a traveling DJ and you on tour with this, your artist. You should tell that artist like, hey, let's do a combo T-shirt. I'm going to give it away. But like it's got your brand. It got my brand on it. Boom, so it's all love. It's not like, oh, you're trying to promote your stuff. Right, right. Right? That's my DJ. Like, that's what I would do. Gotcha. Um, Other marketing gems, like, one, goes back to the strategy. Mm -hmm. Two, if I'm a musical artist or influencer, like, you should, as an artist, you should be pushing different types of content on Reels, Mm -hmm. TikTok, Finding those trending sounds. Uh, your day in a life studio, cut. You need a cut. Mm-hmm. Your favorite music images of yourself or you've done videos, you need to put together a seven-second clip of just your, dip, your favorite music video moments. Mm-hmm. Put that in a reel. Like, these are ways to grow social currency. If I'm, that's my marketing gym right now, social currency. Mm-hmm. I want to show more value mm-hmm. as an influencer, as an artist, like, does, from an Instagram page, are you supposed to have only nine photos today? Mm. That's what people are starting to do, right? They're nine to 12, cool. But that inst- when you hit the next button and it goes to your reels, reels. it need to be like, like Yeah, flooded. <laughs> it may be a 500 view, then the next one 4,000, mm-hmm. the next one 12, the yeah. next one 25, and 400. And, yeah. But you're flooding yeah. Gotta put the video them. content because people are moving fast there. Mm-hmm. But if I'm an art, again, influencers and artists, that real content, that TikTok, TikTok content, I'm going to YouTube shorts because mm. YouTube shorts is about to be number two. So you're going to go home mm-hmm. and now to be shorts. Mm-hmm. 60 seconds under, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's going to be playlist subscription. They're about mm-hmm. to shift the, where the placement of the shorts mm-hmm. are in live. Right. So live is kind of like people's, People don't go live as much as they used to because yeah. they it's a little weary. Like, you yeah. don't know what's, what's <laughs> about what to happen. Yeah. yeah, so Not you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I'll drop something on TikTok or Instagram, and I'm like, oh, got to go over to YouTube Shorts. Mm-hmm. I may get two views. I don't care. Yeah, don't worry about those. It's not today. Yeah. It's August where, like, I've done something, and now people are starting to search mm-hmm. for my, my content and a little back. bit more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um yeah. Nah, for sure. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to see if there was some another thought, but uh, yeah. Let's leave it on this then. Before yep. we get out of here, man, uh, we talked about YouTube. We talked about Instagram. Uh, I just want to speak to motivate the people who are worried about these vanity metrics, right? Getting two likes, 10 views. Talk to them to get past that, man. Just know that's just a part of the game, bro. It's just part of the game. Yeah. I think that I look in the camera. Yeah. It is just part of the game yeah. to do to. And, and it's natural as humans to be like, 
I posted something. How many likes did I get? Mm-hmm. Dang, 140? Oh, them haters, bro. Yeah. I was doing MG shorts over the summer. This is before reels were taken off. Like where they are today, mm-hmm. six months ago, reels were not where they are. Right. Nobody, every, now everybody's a shooter. Mm-hmm. And when I say shooter, like now everybody can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pan. <laughs> bro, you was not a yeah. cut, you, like you weren't a videographer six months ago, but everybody's a videographer. And I would do these shorts and I'm like, dang, bro, nobody liked my stuff, bro. Like, mm-hmm. what? I'm upset. But now, mm. I just re-push them, mm-hmm. figure out a way to get them back out there. Mm-hmm. And I understood the visual moment and how people look at content. Mm-hmm. But I was so caught up in the, the 140 views or whatever, it wasn't a number that I thought it deserved. Right. Give yourself grace. I've said that four times today. Mm-hmm. Give yourself grace. I want us to do that because you had the thought, you put it into action, Congratulate yourself on that. Yeah. Whatever the expectation you have, it's okay to have those, but don't set yourself up where it messes with your mental health. Mm-hmm. And some things you can prevent and some things you can't, but like be aware of that. When you start saying, Oh dang, I didn't nobody liked it or I only got two comments. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Did you put it out? Yeah. Did you shoot it? If you if you if you're sitting on it like we are, right? Yeah. Like, why are we sitting on it? Because we're thinking about vanity numbers, mm-hmm. but Let like it fly. I sometimes I have to be like drop. Let it fly. I'll just do one day if you see a bunch of videos and posts, you be like Marcus didn't just <laughs> let it fly. He was just, he was just like let them fly, like they yeah. go, they go. Nah. And I think that's what it is. Give yourself grace, bro. Like mm. our mental health is it's already a lot with this phone, and it's so much. Right. So don't get caught up in the the numbers. Nah. Blame it on the algorithm. Blame it on something that's just not you. Facts. And that people don't like you. That's. You you have to go past that. All right. And keep it moving. 100%. That's what's up, man. I'm here with my guy, Marcus Gilmore. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the summary of this podcast was give yourself grace, Give man. yourself grace. Dropped a lot of gems, man. I appreciate you, my guy. Please uh, drop your Instagram, your your TikTok handles, and uh, let them know where they can find you at, brother. Yeah, so you can find me. Um, where do you, can you find me? Oh, <laughs> you can find me on uh, Instagram, YouTube, Marcus D. Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, TikTok is I Kick Moon still. I don't know why. I love that name. It's, and it, it's mine. So It's a yeah. vibe. Um, but Marcus D. Gilmore on everything. LinkedIn as well. Uh, drop a lot of content there. I think that's the wild, wild west mm-hmm. of um, corporate content. And mm-hmm. so I'm the, on there a whole lot. But uh, I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm glad we pressed the red button. And yeah, get this nah, down man, on paper. we're going we to be, uh, you going to be a regular, man. You hey, know, man, you going to be on. my Boosie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm saying Boosie and Blah. <laughs> but nah, yeah. man, I appreciate you, man. Please follow uh, Marcus Gilmore on all social media platforms, man. Check out his vlog style content, man. I'm loving the voiceovers. I'm going to Chicago. By the time this comes, I already went to Chicago, so you can follow my page. You can see my my first take at yeah. doing, you know, recap vlog voiceover, man. So I'm going to have Marcus get some tips, man. But uh, thank y'all for listening. This is the Cosign Conversations podcast, and uh, we hope that y'all continue to live the Cosign life. We out. Hey, one love. Peace.